1: Nahum chapter 1 verse 2 the Lord is a jealous and avenging God the Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath the Lord takes vengeance on his foes maintains his wrath against his enemies but then it says the Lord is slow to anger and great in power but he will not leave the guilty unpunished but he is slow to anger and the message in Nahum same thing two sides one is if you don't repent You're headed for damnation, but if you do repent, glorious hope, glorious, glorious future.
0: As we continue to examine the book of 2 Peter with Pastor Danny in today's message, he takes us on a journey back through the prophets of the Old Testament. Without fail, the resounding message that we'll find is that God is Lord of all, and He is just but compassionate. If you reject him and live in sin without repentance, you'll eventually reap your reward. But all of us are offered the opportunity to accept him and receive eternal life. And every breath you take is an extension of that grace. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Daniel chapter 7 with today's edition of the Living Word.
1: Go to Daniel chapter 7. Let me tell you what happens here. Daniel has a dream. It's very troubling. He sees four beasts. The first, verse 4, was like a lion. The second, verse 5, was like a bear. The third, verse 6, was like a leopard. And the fourth, verse 7, before me was a fourth beast, terrifying, frightening, very powerful, had large iron teeth, it crushed and devoured its victims, trampled underfoot whatever was left. It was different from all the former beasts, and it had ten horns. And as he's thinking about the ten horns, he sees another horn come up from within them. That's Antichrist. And he's allowed power for a period of time. But then, verse 9, as I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire. Its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. That's the angelic host. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Then he continues to watch as the horn is speaking these boastful words, and then he saw... The beast being slain, thrown into the blazing fire. You read about that in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, where the beast, the antichrist, and the false prophet are thrown into the lake of fire. Verse 13 is very significant. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. That's Christ in his second coming. Christ, when he stood before the Supreme Court of his day and he made them really mad because he said to them, among other things, and you will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven. They knew he was referring to Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. I want you to trust me that Daniel's dream of the four beasts has the exact same interpretation as Neb's dream of the giant, enormous statue, but they're given in those two different forms because from Neb's view... He's a big dude, but he don't know how small he is. But from heaven's view, he's a beast. And all the godless kingdoms that don't acknowledge the God of heaven will one day fall. They will one day crumble. And the King of kings and Lord of lords will come and he will set up his kingdom and his reign and his rule will be endless, will be forever. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're getting the drift here. When you leave Daniel, you turn to the right. The next prophet is Hosea. You go all the way to Hosea, chapter 13. In the context of, again, warning, warning, warning. Judgment is coming. If you don't repent, you won't be saved. You'll be damned. And in the context of that, verse 14, for those who listen, and heed and are saved, I'll ransom them from the power of the grave. I'll redeem them from death. Where, O oh, death, are your plagues? Where, O oh, grave, is your destruction? You're saved. You turn to the right, not very far, you're at Joel. The prophet Joel chapter 2 Verse 1, blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill, let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor ever will be in the ages to come. Before them fire devours, behind them a flame blazes. But then you get to chapter 3, verse 21. For those who listen and heed and repent, their blood guilt, which I have not pardoned, I will pardon. The Lord dwells in Zion, and you'll dwell with him. Next prophet to the right is Amos. You go to Amos chapter 5, verse 18. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It'll be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear. As though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake biting. him. <clears throat> Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light? And then God blasts them because of all their religious feast and their religiousness, but their unwillingness to repent despite their religiosity. And the warning is the same. And the message is the same. Chapter 9, Amos, verse 11, And that day I'll restore David's fallen tent. Verse 15, last verse, I'll plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I've given them, says the Lord your God, for those who will repent. Glorious future, glorious hope. Then you get to that little prophet writing of Obadiah. Little, but not unimportant. Obadiah, verse 15, the day of the Lord is near for all nations. Verse 17, but on Mount Zion will be deliverance. It'll be holy, and the house of Jacob will possess its inheritance. Verse 21, deliverers will go up on Mount Zion to govern the mountains of Esau and the kingdom will be the Lord's and you'll be with him if you repent. We don't need to read from Jonah. I think we all know the story. Jonah goes unwillingly to Nineveh. Where the most bitter enemies of his own people live. They are wicked. They are godless. They are ruthless. He doesn't want to go. But he finally does go after three days and three nights in a belly of a fish. And he preaches repentance. And the whole city of these godless people get saved. Why? Because God loved them. And he loved them enough to send a prophet and warn them. And they listened. They heeded And they were saved. And I'm going to see all those people in heaven. That's amazing, isn't it? And then you get to Micah. Micah chapter 1 verse 3. Look, the Lord is coming from his dwelling place. He comes down and treads the high places of the earth. The mountains melt beneath him. The valleys split apart like wax before the fire, like water rushing down a slope. All this is because of Jacob's transgression, because of the sins of the house of Israel. Same message. Hey, Your sin is going to bring the judgment of God. But if you will repent, God will forgive. God will save. Micah chapter 4 verse 1. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills. We read that in Isaiah. goes on to say the very same thing. Settle disputes for strong nations. Beat their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war any more. What a great message. What a great hope. You turn to the right from Nahum. Our next prophetic stop, or I'm sorry, from Micah is Nahum. Nahum chapter 1 verse 2. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord takes vengeance and is filled with wrath. The Lord takes vengeance on his foes, maintains his wrath against his enemies. But then it says the Lord is slow to anger and great in power. But he will not leave the guilty unpunished. But he is slow to anger. And the message, in Nahum, same thing. Two sides. One is, if you don't repent, you're headed for damnation. But if you do repent, glorious hope, glorious, glorious future. And then you get Habakkuk. Habakkuk chapter 1, let me just tell you what happens. Habakkuk is complaining. Lord, when are you going to put an end to all this godlessness I see around me? When are you going to put an end to it? And God answers, but he doesn't like the answer. I'm going to bring judgment through the Babylonians. And the message is still the same. Judgment is coming, but if you'll repent, God will forgive. You can be saved. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 16, I'll wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, I'll rejoice in the Lord because he has hope beyond the present world. Then you get to Zephaniah. Zephaniah chapter 1. Sounds very familiar. You're probably tired of hearing it. You've got to hear it again anyway. Verse 2, I'll sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I'll sweep away both men and animals. I'll sweep away the birds, the fish of the sea. The wicked will only have heaps of rubble when I cut off man from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. And yet, same message of hope, of forgiveness of an opportunity to experience the last part of chapter 2, verse 11. The nations on every shore will worship him, everyone in its own land. Glorious future. Then you pass Haggai and you get to Zechariah. And Zechariah prophesies in chapter 13, verses 8 and 9, in the tribulation period, verse 8, In the whole land declares the Lord, Two-thirds of Israel will be struck down and perish, yet one-third will be left in it. This third I'll bring into the fire. They'll... Be refined like silver and tested like gold. They'll call on the name, on my name, and I'll answer them. I'll say they are my people.
0: 2 Peter teaches how easy it is to get sidetracked from your focus on God, even in the safe setting of a church. Believers can begin to fight amongst themselves about things that just don't matter, but it can divide the body of Christ. Paul's letter is an encouragement to all Christians, today just as much as then, to shift the focus back to God's truth, seeking His guidance within the Scriptures. God promises to speak through His Word and through the Holy Spirit, and we encourage you to continue studying even after today's program has ended. We know that you'll be blessed each time you explore the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Danny, visit ccfstpete.church and click on the Sermons tab. You'll be directed to our YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there to get updated content each time we post it. You'll find all kinds of information about our church and the ministries we're passionate about at our website too. Again, that's ccfstpete.church. Before our time is up with you for the day, we'd like to ask you to pray for us. Would you do that each time you tune in to The Living Word? Pray that we keep listening to God and following His plan for our program. Know, too, that we're lifting you up before the Lord, and that we feel blessed to have you as a part of our listening audience. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.